God. Hmm? Yeah. I want to take the time to thank and uh, and honor those who do so much to uh, uh, make our worship service possible and keeping our church going. Those who who come and take the time to clean the facility, and it always looks nice uh, when we get here on Sunday morning. Um, Brother um, uh, Kenneth uh, out here yesterday, my uh, done our yard and landscape and everything out there look great. Hallelujah. I'm I'm going to have to have a talk with brother brother Art. He uh, he he wants to do so much himself, but he's not physically able, and uh, uh, he's having a lot of issues um, uh, with his health and everything. And uh, uh, he he'll come over here sometime and, and try to cut everything with a push mower, and where it takes him. Uh, uh, three or four hours trying to struggle with that. When Brother Kenneth comes with his riding mower, he can, you know, really knock it out and everything. And uh, but um, we appreciate that, and we know God does to those who um, has a zeal and a, a desire for the house of God. And we we definitely want to take the time to to thank everybody uh, uh, doing that. Praise the Lord. We're going to get right into um, our message today. I covet your prayers. As uh, as we minister, and uh, still thanking and praising God for His mercy and His grace that He shares and sheds our way. Hallelujah! Uh, we're going to be going to uh, Saint John's Gospel today, the fifteenth chapter, Amen of Saint John, and uh, we're going to read verses twelve through fourteen as an opening scripture reference text today. This is the words of Jesus says, This is my commandment, that you love one another. As I have loved you, greater love hath no man than this, that a man lay down his life for his friends. Ye are my friends, if you do whatsoever I command you to do. I want to read that again. I just, I love those two verses of Scripture. Jesus said, This is my commandment. It's my commandment that you love one another as I've loved you. Greater love hath no man than this, that a man lay down his life for his friends. Ye are my friends. Look at your neighbor and say, you're my friend. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. If you do whatsoever, I command you. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, as we come today, we thank you and praise you. God, for the privilege to be in this service today, we thank you, God, for those that are here today. I pray, God, for those that uh, that are out of town, that are on vacations, and those that are traveling uh, to go uh, go up into Kentucky for this uh, graduation ceremony. And also, God, bless this word, God, as we take the next few minutes to minister. And I'm asking, God, that you will just anoint God and give us what we need today. In Jesus' name, let everybody say amen, amen and amen. You can be uh, seated. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. I want to talk with you today for a few minutes on a subject titled The Ultimate Sacrifice. The Ultimate Sacrifice. 
Jesus says, Greater love hath no man than this, that a man lay down his life for his friends. I want to start off a little bit about Memorial Day. Memorial Day is a day of remembering the men and women who died while serving in the United States Armed Forces, formerly known as Decoration Day. It originated after the American Civil War to commemorate the Union and Confederate soldiers who died in the Civil War. And by the way, that was the bloodiest war America ever fought. It was the greatest loss of life, uh, brother against brother. By the 20th century, Memorial Day had been extended to honor all Americans who have died while in the military service. According to military records from the Revolutionary War that we fought with England to give us freedom, from the Revolutionary War to the present war that is now winding down, supposedly, in Afghanistan, there have been 1,321,612 lives given in service to this nation and to the cause of freedom, both here uh, and abroad around the world. Another 38,159 are still currently listed as MIAs, missing in action. I want to ask you a question. If they were not willing to make that ultimate sacrifice, where would we be as a nation today? We all got our gripes and our complaints, and, and rightly so in a lot of areas, because we are, we are losing a lot of freedoms. But if it wasn't for these men and women who have given their life, uh, and I think about the men of, um, of World War II, they call that now the greatest generation. Uh, that generation on the beaches of Normandy did did some things that has been unsurpassed, and it's still amazed. And I, I'm fully persuaded that it was God's hand directing and guiding and giving, giving that victory. But if it wasn't for people willing to make that ultimate sacrifice, laying down their life, uh, we would have no Constitution at all right now. Uh, and uh, this would not be uh, a land of liberty. But we are, we are the land of the free because of the brave. And I salute them. In our text today, Jesus spoke of two things. He spoke of love and he spoke of sacrifice. He said, this is my commandment. He said that you love one another as I have loved you. He said, then he says, greater love is no man than this, that a man lay down his life for his friends. That's sacrifice. So he spoke of two important things, love and sacrifice. I want you to know today that one is not possible without the other. Amen. One is not possible without the other. The love for freedom and our way of life produces selfless sacrifice on the battlefields. It hadn't been long ago, Brother Kenneth, that I watched a news report where as one soldier 
a young man uh, uh, in his early 20s threw himself on a grenade that just had landed um, there amongst him and his comrades and jumped on that grenade and covered it with his body to shield his comrades that were standing around him. They all survived. He was blown in a thousand pieces. There's no greater sacrifice and there's no greater love. No greater sacrifice and no greater love. Today, on this Sunday before Memorial Day, as we recognize and honor the fallen of this nation, I must use it also to honor and recognize the ultimate sacrifice ever made, which was willingly given, not just for one nation or people, but of all nations and all people from Adam until the final child that will be born before the rapture of the church. Now, I'm talking about the sacrifice at Calvary. Amen is what I'm referring to. And Jesus Christ was the man who died. As Brother Bobby was talking about earlier, on that cross, that was the ultimate sacrifice. And I've got to give honor to Him. I'm not going to tell you anything new today, but I want to stir up your pure minds, as the Word says, by way of remembrance today. Because we all need to keep reminded and stay remembered of the price that was paid for your opportunity, for your chance to go to heaven. Hallelujah. Amen. How many times has somebody, amen, went out of their way for you and you took it for granted? Man, I think about the time upon time when I was a child, Brother Paul. That my parents worked hard. Amen. And did without themselves so I could have something. But you know what? I took it for granted a lot of times. I wasted it a lot of times. Amen. I didn't think about it. Amen. And there are times in this life where people, amen, out of love, sacrifice for us. Amen. And we just act like it's nothing. Hallelujah. But how much the more has Jesus Christ? Laid it all down for you. He died for you, but you can't live for Him. Oh, glory to God. We want to put this ahead of Him. We want to put that ahead of Him. We say, i got to do this. i got to do that. There's nothing more important than you honoring Jesus Christ, the man who sacrificed it all for you. Hallelujah. I want to talk a little bit about love demonstrated. Love demonstrated. Hallelujah. Found in Romans 5, verses 6 through 8. This is what Paul wrote to the church at Rome. For when we were still without strength, in due time, Christ died for the ungodly. For scarcely for a righteous man will one die. Yet perhaps for a good man, someone even dared to die. But God demonstrates His own love toward us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. While we were ungodly, while our lives, amen, was going about doing our own thing, Amen. Not caring who that we hurt. 
amen, or whatever, living for the moment, amen, out to just to have fun and uh, enjoy life, so to speak, not worthy that nobody would even talk to you, much less give his life for you. But while you were in your sins, Jesus died for you. That's how he demonstrated his love to you. I want to talk a little bit about that. Amen. Why? That's still up there. You see, Jesus Christ died. Or let me put it this way. Jesus did more than talk to talk. He walked the walk. Hallelujah. I said he did more than talk to talk. He walked the walk. Words are cheap and can be fabricated into sweet poems or songs. But action speak louder and go farther than words. Hallelujah. There are many places in the Bible where it talks about either God, amen, the Father, Jesus, Christ, the Savior, amen, loving you, amen. But He does more than just saying words. He has plainly demonstrated His love by what He did. It's easy to tell somebody, I love you, maybe in a heat of passion or something like that, but it don't mean anything. Hallelujah. Don't hold nothing true. Amen. We, amen, constantly hear talk. Amen, words. Amen, mere words. But I want you to know something. Jesus demonstrated that He really does love you. He loves you more than your mama, than your daddy put together. Amen. He cares more than you, for you than anybody else ever could thought or could imagine. Nobody, amen, like the song, amen, that they sang, can't nobody do me like Jesus. Nobody has ever done, amen, as much for you as Jesus has. Woo, my, 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 my. God demonstrates His own love toward us. In that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Amen. That is love demonstrated. Amen. Love demonstrated. And you know what? It goes beyond what it did at Calvary. But it goes that when you're, you're in need... And seemingly all alone in the wee hours of a morning. Nobody else around. You know, Jesus is always just as close as the mention of His name. Hallelujah. I don't know about you, but the many times that I've just called out that name. And Brother Rick, just the mention of that name can calm the storms and the seas in your life. Over and over and over again, Jesus demonstrates His love toward us. Amen. I would not have a problem in saying this, and it would not be no exaggeration, but there's not a man or woman or boy or girl in this sanctuary today, amen, that if it wasn't for Jesus' demonstration of His love for you, you would not be among the living today. You would be six foot under in some cemetery somewhere. God has protected your life when you didn't know nothing about it. Hallelujah. Amen. 
time and time again, He demonstrates His love, amen, to us. Amen. He does not just talk the talk. He walks the walk. And I want to talk also, continue talking about the love. I want to talk about love bestowed. And then i got to go to 1 John chapter 3 is the best scripture for that. It says, Behold. And that word behold means, hey, look at this. Take notice. Look at this. What manner of love the Father hath bestowed upon us. He's, you look up that word bestowed and it means just to lavish you. To lavish you. Amen. Just to pour it on you, to give you, amen, in abundance and abundantly. The synonyms in the Greek just seems to go on and on and on. Look at here. The manner of love the Father has lavished us with that we should be called children of God. Do you understand it's an honor to be called a child of God? Hallelujah. Now, Brother Bob is talking about being politically incorrect. Now, everybody today teaches, and even even some churches, and and man, I'm, you know, uh, but I'm going to tell you something. I've got to tell you the truth. Amen. I guess what popular teaching and thought is today, they will tell you that everybody's children of God. Everybody on this planet is not children of God. The Bible teaches you're God's creation. You're God's creation. There's a difference than His creation and His children. Any animal out there in the woods is His creation. The Bible says you, you are a child of God through faith in Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Behold, what manner of love the Father has lavished us that we should be called the children of God. What a blessing that is to be considered a child of God, to be considered a son or daughter of the King of kings and the Lord of lords. Therefore, the world does not know us. Hallelujah. Amen. That's the key reason why if you have a problem with the world, if you don't have a problem with the world, then maybe you ought to check your relationship with God. Amen. But if you're a really child of God, you're going to come in conflict every day of your life. Amen. But somebody's going to rub up against you. Hallelujah. Amen. When they just find out that you believe in Christ. The world does not know us because he did not know him. Beloved, now we are now, now, we are children of God. Since you have believed upon Him, since you've been born again, amen, come into the family of God, now we are the children of God. And it has not yet been revealed what we shall be. That's how come I don't get into some of this stuff that some of these jokers get into when they get teaching um, about prophecy, whatever, trying to, trying to pinpoint and describe everything that we're going to be and whatever do. I'm not going to get in that because the Bible don't explain it. The Bible don't say it yet. The Bible don't say exactly what we're all going to be like and what we're going to be doing. It don't give all the details. We see through a glass darkly. Hallelujah. Amen. But praise God. It has not yet been revealed what we shall be. But we know that when He is revealed. We're going to be like Him, for we shall see Him as He is. Come on, give Jesus a hand clap of praise. Hallelujah. God has lavished you with abundant grace and love for you just to be able to be called a child of God. Hallelujah. Now, I've talked about love Let's move to that second part, sacrifice. 
that he talked about. He, remember I told you in the beginning he talked about love and he talked about sacrifice. I want to talk about sacrifice to eradicate Adam's sin. Sacrifice to eradicate Adam's sin. Now, I'm going to take a little time right here, and I want you to understand what we're fixing to say clearly. Hebrews chapter 9, 24 and 26. For Christ has not entered the holy places made with hands, which are copies of the true but into heaven itself, now to appear in the presence of God for us. Not that he should offer himself off as the high priest enters the most holy place every year with blood of another. He then would have had to suffer often since the foundation of the world. But now, once at the end of the ages, he has appeared to put away sin. That's a sacrifice to eradicate sin by the sacrifice of himself. Hallelujah. Now I'm going to give you a strong biblical principle here that sadly a lot of even believers don't understand. Amen. I want to talk about this. I was just briefly, somebody I was talking to before after service two or three weeks ago we um, mentioned this, but you see, Jesus made the sacrifice to eradicate the sin of Adam. Now, I've heard it say, and, and really, really it's true, when preachers preach that when we was born in this world, we was born with Adam's sin nature. And sin came into us irregardless if you, if you, if from, from the moment you, born, you was born, from that point in your life, if you never personally committed a sin, you would still die and go to hell because of the sin that run in your blood. Whether or not you ever told a lie or did any other kind of sin. If you lived a perfectly sinless life, you still would be lost because sin was a part of your DNA. Do you understand that? Sin ain't what you do. Sin is what you are. Hallelujah. Drinking a beer is not what makes you a sinner. Come on. Amen. Those things are fruits of what's really inside you that's got to be taken care of. He sacrificed to eradicate the sin of Adam. Now, in the book of Daniel, Daniel looked into the future. And he, he foretold of our day, the day of Jesus, what he did. And he even looks beyond to the day of the Antichrist system and all that stuff. Daniel chapter 9, verse 26, he says, And after the 62 weeks, Messiah shall be cut off. In other words, when he, he used that phrase, Messiah shall be cut off, he talks that represents the crucifixion, his death. He said, after 62 weeks, Messiah shall be cut off, but not for himself. Jesus' death was not for him. Hello, somebody. He died for you. He was hung up for your hang-ups. He was completely sinless. 
There was no inbred sin in him. There was a reason why he had to be born of a virgin. That's the reason. He did not have sin as his DNA. Hallelujah. Amen. Messiah shall be cut off, but not for himself. He was cut off for you. Hallelujah. I'm talking about, still talking about the ultimate sacrifice. Hallelujah. John chapter 1, verse 29. Go to that scripture. The next day John saw Jesus coming toward him. And he said, Behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. Hallelujah. I need him to get that scripture put up there. That's, that's, that's part of it. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Well, it's John chapter 1 and verse 29. John looked and he saw Jesus coming. And he said, Look, behold, the Lamb of God, which taketh away the sin of the world. We all make blunders. I have my, my share of blunders. Now, I'll stop and say right now when I'm talking about blunders, I gotta, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to let you know. Now, he probably wouldn't do it because he said he was going to keep it to himself. But I'm going to tell you what. Our deacon has got some uh, 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 something on the pastor. You could be considered blackmail material. Hallelujah. But he said, Pastor, that's going to be between me and you. <laughs> Thank God. I hope I don't get a phone call uh, sometime in the future. Says, hey, you know, uh, I'm kind of up against it, Pastor. <laughs> Hallelujah. We all make blunders. Sometimes some pretty good ones, okay? Uh, uh, um, I don't know what that is up there, but that's, uh, <laughs> that's, that's, that's not on. That's right, not right. But anyway, this verse here, when John, uh, when, when John the Baptist said, Behold the Lamb of God, which taketh away the sin of the world. A lot of people, when they're when they're quoting that verse, Amen, will make that plural. They say, "Behold, the Lamb of God, which taketh away the sins of the world." There's a reason why he said the sin of the world. This is very important. We need to understand this. The sacrifice of Jesus at Calvary was to create, uh, eradicate uh, Adam's sin. You see, I told you a few minutes ago that we all had sin in our DNA. It didn't matter if we could we could live through this life and never make one sin or, or, or one mistake and still be lost because sin was in us due to Adam. When Jesus died, the first thing that took place, he eradicated that and that, that that's cleaned up from you. It's there no more. The sin of Adam is ta- taken away and forgiven. Hallelujah. In other words, See, we got to get that dealt with before we deal with anything else. Once we get the sin of Adam taken care of in our life, then we can begin to work on our own situations. Hallelujah. Amen. That's when the Bible says um, uh, that if we confess our sins, He's faithful and just 
to cleanse our sins and forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. The sacrifice of Jesus was to eradicate the sin of Adam. And he was the, Jesus was the Lamb of God who taketh away the sin of the world, the sin that Adam passed upon each and every one. They've got it up there now. That's the Scripture. Hallelujah. Behold the Lamb of God. Glory to God. I'm glad. Amen for that eradication of my sin and for your sin. Hallelujah. Now the last thing I'm going to cover today, still talking about sacrifice, is sacrifice to cover the stink of sin. To cover the stink of sin. I don't know how to really to bring this across. But actually, the life that people live, the sin and wrongs in our life, is actually a bad odor and bad smell to God. You want to know why? Christ cried out at Calvary. My God, my God, why has thou forsaken me? How in the world did the eternal spirit turn his back on the Son on the cross? Because the Bible says Jesus became sin hanging on the cross. Hanging on the cross, he took the weight of the whole world. He became an adulterer. He became a drunker. He became all of those things. And the smell of sin is too much for God to belly up to. You ever been around a, a foul smelling odor that you couldn't couldn't stand? Hallelujah. Uh, after my father retired from um, the railroad, uh, he used uh, he got him a pickup truck and he worked on the side and he'd go around different companies picking up uh, uh, used 55 uh, gallon metal drums. And uh, clean them up and take them. And there's a place he could sell them to and uh, and make a little money off of them. And uh, some of them uh, were so bad, all they could do, all they could do was just cut the he- uh, heads out of them, tops out of them, and sell them to places to put garbage and trash. And out um, way out there past um, uh, TSU, off of uh, uh, Jefferson Street, out there in West Nashville, up. I remember it was on, kind of up on a hill on the right, and it was a rendering plant. You know where I'm talking about, Brother Paul. And uh, they picked up roadkill and everything else. And, uh, man, they had boilers and stuff, and, they, you know, they rendered that stuff, and they got the oils from it and stuff, and they were used. I promise you, I think that's about the raunchiest odor I've ever been around. I always hated it when Dad had to go up there and I was with him. I mean, my stomach couldn't handle it. It was terrible. I've had a lot of bad smells, but it was, it's about, it was about the worst, and especially when you go up there in June and July. Man, it was rough. That is the way our sin smells to God. He sacrificed to cover the stink of sin. Ephesians chapter 5, verses 1 and 2. Therefore, be imitators of God as dear children, and walk in love as Christ also has loved and given himself for us, 
an offering and a sacrifice to God for a sweet-smelling aroma. A lot of people don't realize the scriptures in the Bible that connects with our salvation. But when you get born again, God gives you, He covers up the stink that you walked in. Hallelujah. It's kind of like the story. I like this story of the prodigal son when the father kept looking down the road. And he waited for that prodigal for a long time. One day he looked and he saw that prodigal coming. He took off. He, 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 he went out there to meet him. We all know that story. I'm not, I'm not going to delve along to it. But while he was out there and the son told him, he says, you know, Dad, I've sinned against you uh, and everything. I'm no longer worthy to call your son. Let me just be a servant. Hallelujah. And uh, paraphrasing this, he says, nonsense, you're my boy. You always have been. You always will be. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. It don't matter how many blunders we got. We become a child of God. We're going to be His child. Hallelujah. Amen. What What does the Father do? He says, He says, y'all, one of you go get the fatty calf and kill it and get it ready. I want somebody else to go get the family signet ring, put it on them. I want him identified with his family. Hallelujah. And then they said, go get that robe, put that robe around him, wrap it up. Hallelujah. You know. I'm going to tell you something. I preached that for a long time to one day while I was praying and fasting. God gave me the beauty of that. Hallelujah. That boy just come out of the pig a pen. He was wallowing in the... There's no dirtier job for a Jew. Hallelujah. Jews could not be a Ryan swine. That's the low down, this dirtiest thing. And he was there feeding the swine, the lowest thing a Jewish boy could be doing, covered with the mud and all that stuff. Amen. That father, amen. Amen. He said, go get that robe. He says, when we go back into the gate of the city, they ain't going to see where my son's been. It's going to be covered up. Hallelujah. Glory to God. That boy, it didn't matter where he was at in the when he walked back in the gates of home, he was covered with a father's robe. And that's what Jesus offers you today. He'll cover you up. Hallelujah. Amen. And you can walk like Roy in again. Come on, clap your hands. Glory to God. Sacrifice to cover the sin of sin. One more scripture, 2 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 15. Still talking about the same thing. For we are to God the fragrance of Christ among those who are being saved and among those who are perishing. Folks, when we walk out into the world, and I'm winding down with Brother Darrell and the other musicians come up, get ready for it, do a course. And while they're doing that, I'm going to briefly close by saying this. A lot of people, they will go spend a whole lot of money for that just right fragrance, that cologne, that perfume. Too expensive. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. A lot of, lot, lot of, lot of days I just do like my daddy did. I just pull out a bottle of alcohol, slap it on there, get that stinging feeling good, go on. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. But we are to God the fragrance of Christ. When you become his child, when God smells at you, he smells Jesus. Huh? Think about that. When he looks at you, 
he sees Jesus. That's why what Paul meant when he said, we have put on Christ. We're still in this covenant thing here. See, that old, that old man, that old woman used to be, that gets covered up, it gets hid. Hallelujah. When God looks at you, He don't see your faults, your sins, your failures. He looks at you of what you are through Jesus Christ. <clears throat> Everything I've told you today has been a positive thing when we talk about the ultimate sacrifice. Now, give it some thought. Give it some thought before I have you stand and we all we all sing. If Jesus demonstrated his love to you, shouldn't we start demonstrating our love to him?